When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm joined by Record and Mail Sports dynamic duo, our deadly duo, our dangerous duo, Gavin Berry and Scott McDermott for an action-packed pod looking at all things Rangers. Guys, how are you? Good, what an, what an introduction that was. <laughs> oh, I feel like Bobby the barman off still game trying to introduce uh, Jack and Victor entering the pub. <laughs> Here, back in the days when we actually worked in an office, used to were joined at a hit. But when was the last time you were actually in the same podcast? Oh, we tried to get on the last in the same podcast. Uh, oh, I can't even remember. Um, Good few months anyway. During lockdown, I think there was one during lockdown. Ah, yeah. Well, glad to say we got a deal sorted to get you it's back not, on together. It's not, a, it's not a podcast we want to get together on. It's in a pub. I know. Eh? Well, or a, maybe or a race meeting. Maybe sometime in May, coming up for a Scottish Cup final, we can record the podcast from a pub. How's that uh, sound? Sounds great. Sounds good. That one just round the corner for Hamden, was it? Beachwood? Here we go, we're dreaming now. Here, back, back, back to the present. Speaking mm. of contracts to get used to back together, um, Leon Balligan's the fresh news this morning, springing an option on his contract to land another year at Ibrox. It's great news, isn't it? Because, uh, not to put too fine a point in it, it's, uh, it's been another rock this season. Um, 30 appearances about 20 or 26 25, 26 starts it's been some signing Balogun hasn't it? I mean you think I mean Ross Wilson has obviously had you know lots of credit this season you know as the recruitment has uh, shown it to be really shrewd that in the, the Leon Balogun signing probably sums it up because he had to react to a situation yeah. when Nico Katic got injured uh, and I think Scott has mentioned that on the podcast many times um, when Ross Wilson was appointed and even talking about Mark Allen and the role of the sporting director or director of football, whatever you want to call it. Um, Scott has mentioned many times that he should just be sitting with a list and, you know, if the manager comes and says, well, I need this or I need that, you know, that he's just sitting with a list and you can go bump, bump, bump. I think we've mentioned that, that you know, these guys should even have a list for managers, you know, for when Steven Gerrard goes or when the time comes, right, okay, who are we going to get next? So I think um, I think the Balogun one is a case in point. Katic gets injured, it's a real blow for him and he reacted. Uh, free transfer experience, I mean, he ticked all the boxes, um, and, you know, his, his versatility as well. In recent weeks, you know, we've seen him having to play or fill in at right-back position, although it has to be said, I don't think he's had his best games there. I mean, he was taken off at half-time, wasn't he, in the Antwerp game, sent off Slavia. But, listen, over the piece, uh, absolutely great bit of business, free transfer, and more than deserving of that uh, contract. So I don't think there'll be any complaints since Stephen Gerrard's part that it's triggered. 
Yeah, do you go along with that, Scott? I mean, Gav sums up perfectly there. It might sound simplistic to say they've got this list that they, they can react to at any time, but I mean, he he's he's ticked off perfectly, isn't he, Balogun? Uh, what they needed this season when, when Kartic was hit with that untimely blow back in the summer. Yeah, Gav's right. I mean, the, the Balogun signing was a bit, probably a bit left field. No, I don't think MD seen it coming, but no, he's, he's, he's did a brilliant job. Uh, done a brilliant job for them. Um, he's come in. He's probably played more than than I expected him to. You know when you when you look at Goldson and Hollander as probably the, the the kind of main the main partnership at the back. But I mean Balligan as, as a kind of third choice centre back. He's you know, he's just about been the kind of perfect signing. You know that experience. I think he gives them something different. Something different to Hollander. He's quicker. I uh, think he's better at coming out with the ball. <clears throat> I don't think he's a better kind of one-to-one uh, siege defender as Hillander, but you know, when you're going to have three, four centre-backs, you need them to have different different qualities. <clears throat> and for the first day I seen him, uh, Balligan at Pataudry, the opening day of the season, I think you could tell right away um, this guy's going to do a this guy's going to do a job for them. Um, and Gav's right. I mean, he, he deserves the new deal, but I think it's well, it's good for him, but it's good for Rangers as well because. So they want to get into next season even stronger, uh, if that's possible. And I think with Goldson, Hillander, Balligan and Jack Simpson all signed up, no, you've got four really good centre backs, and that's not even counting Katic and, and Edmondson. Now we've already Massey can play in there as well. He can, yeah. Uh, I mean I I think one of those centre backs is going to need to go because I think they've now got they've now got too many, but you have yeah. to say I mean, I know there's been talk this week about clubs in for Hollander, which you know, fans probably don't want to see, but it's good for Rangers' point of view that, again, you know, there's players that are attracting interest. I think Hollander's now uh, kind of cemented his, his place in the Sweden, uh, starting 11 as well, beside beside Lindelof at the back. So Two clean I mean, sheets that, this week. Yeah, they're, they're looking decent. Um, so that's, that's good for them as well. But one of them's probably going to need to go, and I think with Balligan signing this new deal... Katic coming back for injury, you, you would think Edmondson now will probably will probably go in the summer, whether that's to Derby where he's been on loan or somewhere else. Um, I would expect now Edmondson to probably move on, and Katic is obviously going to be a wait and see, uh, see how he how his fitness is coming back. They yeah. might want him to oh. might they might want him to go on loan for a, a, yeah. for six months. I was going to say maybe he's the one that goes on loan. And, I mean, yeah. just to go back to when we we're talking about how good a signing the Balogun one hat has. Been. Been, you know, a kind of just a, a solid, no nonsense, no frills defender, exactly what they needed at that time. When, you, when, we, when we look across the city and you see the criticism of, of, of Shane Duffy, you know, yeah. not in the same position, and you think of the money, you know, certainly the reported, you know, wages and loan fees and whatever else it would cost for him, and, and look how that has turned out. So yeah. it's, it's not easy, you know what I mean? You could, you know, to get somebody, you know, on the cheap, so it's to just. Gav, you're right, because it just shows you it's to do with the type of player that you get as well, because no, on paper, no, you go for Shane Duffy, who's been a Premier League defender at Brighton, played so many games in the top flight, or they go Leon Balligan, who I think it was Wigan he was at, is that right? Yeah. Uh, yes, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you were looking at that, just, just on paper, you'd say, well, obviously go for, go for Duffy, but it just shows again, no... You mentioned Ross Wilson between him and Stephen Gerrard and the recruitment team doing their homework. 
Balligan seems a good type for his age. Yeah. He's very, very fit, very quick. Um, he's an international player, so as you say, to get somebody like that for free, uh, and also you know, a clever contract as well in terms of one year, where they can have one year trigger. You know, if he played yeah. so many games, and that's yeah. it's worked out perfectly for both both parties. Gav, yeah. I, I, I can't help feel. Uh, a bit of sympathy for George Edmondson. I think I've mentioned it before. Uh, Rangers put a lot of effort into signing this guy. He, he was wanted down south as well. Came up here with kind of big, big, high hopes. Um, and when I've seen him, he looks like a defender that can read the game. He's clearly strong as an ox. He's mm-hmm. young. Do, do you really think that there's no future for George Edmondson at Ibrox? Um, I don't know if I would say no future. You're right. I mean, he has. I mean, God, it seems like a lifetime ago now because there was fans there. But God, I was actually working over in the game in Braga uh, for the second leg of that um, last thirty-two tie, and that was probably the game. Uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, but that was probably the game where he really stood out and that was probably his best game in the Rangers shirt um, so I mean there's no doubt when you saw him that night he could see that he could do it at that level um, but he's, he's obviously not helped himself you know I mean the whole you know the Covid situation with Jordan Jones um, but Stephen Gerrard has shown that he's willing to give people a second chance so no I mean I don't know I don't know if I would necessarily say it's the end of the road for him I mean you see he is still young you know he could he could be a, a squad player I, I wouldn't say necessarily his career's over um, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with you I mean I, I feel for him as well and I think Fraser's right in terms of what Rangers have invested in him in terms of the, the money they paid and how hard they, they, they tried to get him if you'd have said to me a few months ago, I'd have said, no, I think he'll come back and he will get forgiven for the COVID stuff and the Rangers see him as a developing player and et cetera, et cetera. But I just think with the sheer numbers now, we're getting Simpson in and Balligan signing a new deal. Uh, I don't think, I mean, listen, Goldson's only got a year left in his contract. Obviously, there's been a bit of kind of conjecture about that, but I fully expect him to stay. Um, I'd be amazed if they let Hollander go after the, the season. I think it would take a, a really big, you know, extraordinary bid for Rangers to for Rangers to let him go. So I just think the, the, the sheer numbers of centre-backs there, you know, something's got to give. Um, and it looks at the moment, uh, unfortunately for Edmondson, as if, as, if he might be the, as if he might be the one. Yeah. At the other end of the age spectrum, then, and the other end of the park, um, Jermaine Defoe is one of uh, a handful of players whose contract's up this summer. Another interesting one, eh? I mean, he's obviously been very much a bit part player this season, as we expected. And if anything, you'd think he'd maybe, maybe move even further out into the fringes in terms of playing next season. But do you think he's still got something to offer there? Well, I suppose it's always, the, I mean, you hear managers talk, saying it all the time, I mean, Stephen Gerrard has talked about it, you know, in terms of Defoe, but you always hear managers talk about players of that age with that experience, they're great to have around the place and and things like that. But, I mean, I suppose at some point you need to get ruthless and, you know, you, you look at his age and you have to weigh up how much he's being paid and... Yeah. You know whether that money could be better spent if he's not going to play a lot. I mean, you know, he's, he, there's no doubt Jermaine Defoe has done the job um, which Stephen Gerrard wanted from him. You know, when he signed him in terms of having an influence on people, 
or off the park in, in terms of contributing on the park. You know, he's done that when called upon. But I just wonder, I just wonder whether he, he's now served his purpose and, you know, next season, because, I mean, he'll be getting paid. I mean, be getting, it won't be cheap. Um, and for him as well, I mean, what, I mean, that when I was you were reading his interview or listening to his interview, I mean, that, that is the sad thing. You think of somebody like that who was desperate to play for such a massive club and win trophies, because I think he did win the, the League Cup in England, but he'd left by the time Spurs won the final. Um, he is somebody, and he mentioned it himself, who's just missed out on the fans, you know, winning something in front of fans because you just wonder, you know, whether he'll get that chance again. And that that's the thing that would maybe be tempting for him, having missed out on that. I and mean, he said it himself, whether it's at Rangers or whether it's elsewhere, to play in front of fans when he finishes off. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that may be the motivating factor for him to think, well, I'll, I'll try and win another trophy with Rangers, but this time I'll do it with, with the crowd inside. Or he might think, I'm not going to play enough, therefore I'll go back down south and he might go to, I don't know, Championship Club. Scott, you could free up wages, couldn't you, if you got ruthless, like Gav said. Free up wages to bring in the next Alfredo Morelos, perhaps, if, if we're talking about how good the recruitment's been recently. Yeah, uh, where do you stand in this one? It's interesting. I mean, listen, Gavin's right about the about the wages. Um, I mean, Jermaine Defoe took a pay cut when he signed permanently with Rangers, um, and I think he would probably need to take another pay cut to, to stay for another year. I think that would probably go without saying. I mean, listen, in many ways, Jermaine Defoe is the perfect fourth choice striker. I mean, if you're going to have four, if you're going to operate with four strikers, no, he's the best guy you could you could hope for, probably with his experience and his nous and his, his fitness and Gavin says what he brings to the, the change room and all that. I, I think for that fourth choice or for that fourth striker, you either need to have somebody like Defoe, an experienced pro, a kind of veteran who's been there, done it, who you can rely on, or you need to put faith in a, in a young player who, you know, his chances might be kind of few and far between, but he comes into the first team squad and you develop him and stuff like that. And I, I don't think Rangers, I don't think Rangers have got a young striker, you no know, waiting in the wing, waiting in the wings, a young teenage striker that's ready to come into the, the first team squad and be and be that that fourth choice, which is a kind of sad indictment, I suppose. I mean, it's probably a another. Uh, I don't know, a whole other debate you could have about the old firm and the, the lack of uh, uh, young strikers that they've produced in the last last 10, 20 years. But that that's the decision, I think, for, for Steven Gerrard. Does he, when he's looking at that kind of fourth, fourth striker, does he stick with the four, give him another year for all that experience? You know, there's a prospect of maybe I'm doing a bit of coaching and that, that's been mentioned as well. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think the four still looks as if he could as if he can do it. But, listen, things might change in terms of whether Alfredo Morelos goes, you know, in terms of the pecking order and yeah. if new, new strikers come in and stuff like that. So there's a lot of different uh, kind of you know, scenarios that might that might pop up. But it's going to be interesting. It's a big decision on, on the foe because I think he does bring a lot, you know, not just on the pitch, but off it, as we've, as we've discussed. But... No, Gerard's going to need to weigh up, weigh up these different scenarios, see what happens with Morelos, and then and then decide if he's going to offer the four another deal. Yeah, I'm glad you. Sorry, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Morelos there, um, Scott, because I, I've been looking at transfer 
preparations will well and truly have started by now for the summer window. And I'm looking at a Ranger squad thinking, where might Steven Gerrard be most concerned? And for me, if, if Rangers were to accept a bid for Alfredo Morelos this summer, do you guys feel that what is there at the moment is capable of stepping into his shoes as the first-choice striker, the first-choice number nine? Or do you think that would be the priority to bring in a new nah, first-choice no, no. If Alfredo Morelos was to be sold, then no, absolutely. No, no, they would need to go and, and bring in yeah. a, a top yeah. yeah, somebody that would jump right to the top oh, of the queue, above I'll, roof, above Itton. Yeah, oh, totally, because you look at what yeah. But, I mean... And just just when we're talking about the, the players there, you know, Defoe, I mean, I think maybe not necessarily this summer, but I think Ross Wilson will be thinking more generally about bringing the age of the squad down because you look at Davis getting yeah. another year, Alan McGregor might get another year. We mentioned Balogun earlier that he's going to be 33 in June, I think. So yeah. that's what he that, that's that's going to be the sort of priority is getting identifying targets to to replace Davis in a year and Balogun when he goes much younger. And what's there? There's Scott Wright that's there already. So looking like to Scott Wright and guys like that to to make an impact next season. Yeah. Yeah, Wright Wright and Simpson have come in. No, they're both no, correct me if I'm wrong, both early twenties. So I mean that Mm. that that they're a good age to get them at. Um in terms of the summer Fraser, I think right here and now, I think the priority for Rangers no, if you if you look at the squad now, i.e. with Morelos and that in it, then I think the priority will be a defensive midfield player. Um, I don't think Zungu has really cut it. Uh, I, I don't expect Rangers to take up the option to go and sign him. Listen, I think in that kind of midfield pivot role, Stephen Davis has done an incredible job this season. And you know, to play in a specific way, Davis is ideal in that position but it's no Stephen Davis's um no it's no in his makeup to basically break up break up play and protect the back four and win tackles and you no know, win headers and all that that's no his game obviously I, I think they need somebody really strong uh, to come in and, and compete for that that position. Um they've tried a couple now when you think uh, early on Gerard's days he kinda of tried it with Kula Bali. Then they've no. Then they've tried it with Zungu. It's not quite what I think they're trying to find a a nugget. No, like a the tour that sprang to mind. I like when Celtic got one Yama for, for Belgium. Um, the other one probably I think of Leicester getting getting in Didi. I know they paid decent money for him, but no, no many people knew about in Didi. But just somebody, I, I think they'll want somebody you know, for big games next season to give <clears throat> give Gerard that option. Uh, being a bit more, no, a bit stronger, a bit more robust, uh, whether it's to play with Davis or instead of Davis, or and obviously Ryan, no, Ryan Jack can play yeah. that position, but he's had these problems with, with injuries. So I yeah. think right, right here and now, that will be in Stephen Gerrard's mind as a as a main main priority. Do you want a young Patrick Vieira? Is that it, Scott? That's that. <laughs> Simple as that, Gav. Well, we could have Thierry on me in charge across the city and put oh, him <laughs> playing for Rangers. Yeah. He's not asking for much, is he, Fraser? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, we're, we're working at the perfect time in Scottish yeah. football, if that's the scenario. But he was in right, 
He wants the next Patrick Vieira. That's what. <laughs> Look, Rangers won a watch signing Ryan Jack three or four years ago, however long it was. Do you think there's anyone in Scotland or maybe England at Rangers sort of at Rangers budget that could fill that role you're talking about? Then Scott, is there anyone in well, mind? No, really. But I mean, listen, I'm. I'm Neglecting to mention uh, Namdi Offerbaugh, who they've signed yeah. um, for Bournemouth, obviously. No, he, glad I mean, to he, see you've mastered his name, Will. I done. know, I know. I've probably just written it that often. Um, <laughs> no, but, I mean, he he seems to be... Well, listen, the, the perception of him is that he's a kind of sitting midfield player. Um, I mean, I actually spoke to him not that long ago and he spoke about... No, that that people think I think he said people think I'm just a kind of destroyer in midfield. That's not my game. I can play and all that. So I mean, whether he is the answer, I'm not sure. He's a he's a young player. I think Rangers probably see him more of, as a kind of development signing, if you like. I mean, I'm sure he'll be in and around the first team squad. But um, I mean, he's went to Wickham and loan. I don't I don't think he's played every every game. So I mean, he is a developing uh, younger player. I think they need somebody to come in who's ready take it straight into that first team as I say they've tried Zungu um, and Gerard's kind of talked him up aside for his kind of uh, Covid breach but no I think anybody that's watched him I think he struggled to kind of adapt to the pace of Scottish football he's not really made the desired impact but he has had a chance um, he's not really taken it a couple of results a couple of games that he played in actually went against Rangers they're losing at St Merlin and then drawing at Hamilton so I don't think he's the he's the answer, but I think it will be somebody of that ilk. You no, know, somebody who's got a bit of presence, who's got a good passing range, but whose real attributes are, are sitting in front of their back four um, and and protecting. So I think Rangers have missed as much as Rangers' defensive record has been exemplary this season, particularly in the league. I think when they've they've really stepped up a notch with, with some of the European games. Um, particularly away from home, I think they've really missed a, a strong midfield presence in front of the in front of the back four and I think that's something that Gerard will look to look to try and rectify. Yeah. Plenty of transfers there. Time to move on though. And uh, for many people they'll, they'll be thankful the international breaks coming to an end. Um, and we go straight into Scottish Cup. Um it's been crammed into a seven week schedule a bit like a, a mini World Cup which will be interesting uh, Stephen Gerrard's already spoken of the importance of building on the on the title this season by going and making it a double um, I, I actually spoke to Peter Lovenkrantz for a, a colourful piece this week building up to, to Saturday's game with Cove mm. and nobody can sort of describe the the hero status that can come with winning a Scottish Cup better than Peter Lovenkrantz it was, it was yeah. a brilliant chat and so how important do you guys think, I will start with yourself, how important is it for Rangers to go on and seal the double now? Title's done, incredible as it was. Steven Gerrard will be fully focused on making that a double, won't he? How important are they go and do that? Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting you talk about hero status. Obviously, we've spoken to Peter Lovenkrantz for a piece and I'm reading in this morning's Daily Record, um, David McCarthy's Nat- That's 12... Was it 12 years ago? Yeah, 12 years, they say. Is I incredible? No. Since the last one, that was when they last won the double. Um, so, yeah. Um, no, no, I, I, thought, well, I just I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, the one thing we know, it's been 
the point has been made repeatedly this season is the mentality of this Rangers team. You know, they just don't. There's, there, there is no let up. You know, even when they went to Celtic Park, you know, with the league already in the bag. You know, and Gerard made the point after the game. Celtic had more to play for. You know, they, they, it was more at stake for them. It was more important than they won the game. But Rangers still come away um, have not lost the game. Um, and I just think that mentality, they're just so focused when they go into every game. It's, I mean, listen, Hearts obviously slipped up at Broader Rangers, so, you, you you know, things, shocks can happen. But mm-hmm. on paper, you would have to say that, you know, this is a very much a favourable tie for Rangers home home to Cove Rangers so you, you cannot see anything other than a, a home win so it's a, it's a good draw to get started with yeah and they're outright well, favourites for the entire tournament quite rightly I well, mean, yeah. that, that's no shock but without being too harsh I mean they, they really need to go and win it to keep the momentum building don't they because should they slip up in the Scottish Cup is it a wee bit harsh to say that the title because it was won so early it might end the season on a bit of a downer heading into next season. I'm not sure. I just think, no. I mean, I, I think no matter what happens this season, you know, when they reflect on this season, the league title was the be-all and end-all and they did it. And not only did they do it, they romped to it. They did it in style. But, you know, the Scottish Cup would be nice. You know, it would be the, it would be the cherry on top of the cake. But, the league was, was was what mattered. But having won the league, of course, of course they want to go and complete a double of quota. Absolutely. But if they didn't, it wouldn't be a disaster. But it would help create that, just that hunger and thirst for more t- trophies, you know, to be multiple winners and not just have, oh, well, we've won one, you know, we did what we set out to do. You know, we can relax now. You know, you know what Stephen Gerrard's like. He's not going to want that. He wants more and more and more, and this is his next opportunity, and it's a great opportunity. Scott, you're guaranteed get... a bright, sunny day mm-hmm. at Hamden. It's the showpiece <laughs> final, the final game of the season leading into the Euros. Mm-hmm. Um, a chance for hero status. Yeah. Uh, so all in front of Rangers there. You, you, you can't say no to that, can you? It's, it's a chance to build on, on what they've already no. achieved this season. Ah, they'll be desperate for it. I mean, Gavin's right. No, it's, it's about that winning mentality. If you want to be remembered and renowned as a as a team, no, a team of winners, then you need to do it multiple times. This is another, no, another obstacle for this Rangers squad to go over because their, their domestic cup record obviously hasn't been good enough. Um, as you say, it's been no, over a decade since they won it. But even Stephen Gerrard's time, the domestic cup results just haven't been have they been good enough? Um, they missed a golden chance this season in the league cup uh, to go and win that. No, with Celtic going out early, um, obviously slipped up at St Mirren. They won't want to do the same uh, again. It's a as it's a golden opportunity to go and be double winners, go and follow up the the league success with a, with, with another trophy. It's what the fans want. It's what the club want. Um, but I think Gav, Gav touched on it there that the, the slight concern is that you no, know, you do take the foot off the pedal a wee bit. You no, know, it's a sub, it's a subconscious thing that you no know, winning the league so early has obviously been brilliant for Gerard and the and the players. Um, of course, in the league they want to keep up this this unbeaten run. That'll be the that'll be the challenge uh, post split to get to the end of the season without without losing. But I just always think with it with the cup. Um, 
no, if you do, I think Gav will probably pick me up in this, but no, history tells you that no, getting into a cup final, you want to be no, you want to be at it if you've already won the league and you're no no, you've not been picking up results. The one that springs to mind famously was oh, yeah. in ninety four when Rangers had Rangers had back to back trebles, yeah. That's right. Yeah. But the the title was wrapped up so early and they oh, went into yeah. that Dundee United final. Yeah. And just just weren't at it. You could tell just weren't weren't at it for the for the off and they get they get stung. So that that'll be the only slight concern. I mean, listen, I'm sure Gerard will We'll have them at it, and we'll be you know, totally guarding against uh, any any complacency. But yeah. th- that would be my only concern is that, you know, as Gav says, the importance of that league, you know, that title, that that was the be all and end all, um, and they've achieved that, achieved it in some some style. But you no, know, he will be you no know, hammering into them the importance of of no taking their, their foot off the gas. There's another, you know, there's another trophy. Obviously, the European thing was high on the their agenda uh, up until a few weeks ago but it now is all about the, the Scottish Cup you know, they can put all their eggs in that, you know, that one basket for the remainder of this, of this campaign um, and as you say listen up they're rightly favourites you're expecting them to go on and, and go on and win it now because they've got the best because they've got the best team the best squad in the country it's just whether they can keep you know, keep that mental focus and go, go and get the job done yeah, yeah go, go on the hope if you go want on the hope Sorry, on you go, Gav. I'm just going to say, if you were the manager, you would actually be. I mean, look, right, but before Rangers got this league title, and Stephen Gerrard's first two seasons, I mean, there was huge pressure going in on these cup competitions because it was all, well, when are you going to win a trophy? So even like, yeah. league, league cup semi-final defeats and all that, it was, you know, big, big question marks. I mean, now, I mean, you would be saying, well, you would be saying to your players, well, you can go and enjoy it now. You know, I'm not yeah. saying... I'm not, but you don't have that pressure. I mean, you should be going in there, you know, a bit of a swagger and saying, let's just, you know, let's just top the season off here. Yeah, the, pres- hey, the pressure, the pressure. Yeah, other things now to win. Yeah, it. and he can also gear his team selection towards the, the cup ties. I mean, listen, the, the, the unbeaten record would be would be brilliant for them to get through the season unbeaten. But mm. I mean, would Rangers, would Rangers fans rather have an unbeaten league season or? Or one in the one in the double. I mean, I'm sure they would rather they would rather take the cup, of course. I mean, a hundred percent. So I think in in terms of shuffling his pack, you nobody's know, post split games. I think he can you know, almost pick his team selections around the the cup ties and make sure he's got his strongest possible team available. Listen, maybe not on, on Sunday against against Cove. I'm sure I'm sure a couple of the fringe players will play boys like uh, Scott Wright that you've mentioned. But certainly, when you go deeper into it. We get a quarter final, semi final stage. I think no, he will. He will want his best, strongest, fittest eleven for these games, and, and that will take priority over the over the league fixtures. And if there's any other carrot that could be the, the small glimmer of hope that this fi- the final this year could have a, a, a section of supporters in in Hamden, well, exactly, the first time this season get to celebrate properly in front of supporters. And legally, <laughs> but, yeah. um, uh, without getting ahead of ourselves, there that that's still seven or eight weeks away. But I'm glad glad you mentioned there about the the league run and the the possibility of an unbeaten league run because you're right. The Scottish Cup's far more important than just finishing a league season unbeaten. Do you think we will now, for that reason, see a lot more fringe players introduced in the the last five league games of the season? Well, listen, I mean, there's still big games. There's an old firm game in there. No, the first game, even at home to Hibs, for instance. So, I mean, they're, they're tough, tough games. But as Gav says, I mean, the pressure is off. I'm sure he'll want to look at, you no know, Jack Simpson, <clears throat> Jack Simpson, Scott Wright, 
uh, maybe a couple others. No, you think the guys like Goldson and Davis and um, no McGregor, people like that that have no played the full season almost almost every game. No, pretty pretty relentless and they're kind of charged towards this title. I'm sure at some stage you want to give them a uh, you want to give them a wee break. So yeah. you know, listen, I don't think there'll be wholesale changes week to week. You want to keep that kind of momentum, that consistency going, but. As I say, I think in the league games they will. You know, boys like Wright and Simpson and that Bassey even. I think these boys have to get a have to get a chance to to shine. Um, but as I say, the cup will be the will be the priority now, and that's what I think you'll see his strongest eleven play. So are you hinting that John McLaughlin may be getting a wee shot, a wee run out there, Scott? Aye? He could. You know, aye. You, you know I like to he see could. him given this chance. Yeah. No. Well, he could. I mean, he got a chance at the start of the season when. Well, McGregor wasn't quite 100%. I think he had that week and a knee issue at the start of the season. And McGregor, no, McGregor was brilliant for that run of games. What was it, 10, 11 games maybe he played um, when he was when he was terrific. Uh, barely, barely lost a goal. So McLaughlin? Uh, McLaughlin, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, absolutely so, stepped up. He's, he's done his part this season, that, that's yes. for sure. So I'm sure, uh, I wouldn't be surprised... And uh, as I say in the running, uh, kind of post split games, he gets a he gets another couple of games almost as a reward for you know, the job he did at the start of the season and for being so so kind of patient in the background while McGregor's been been excelling. Yeah, he might get a game for Scotland tomorrow, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Well, no, no, no. That's not the criticism. I mean, that was David Marshall criticised uh, over the loss of the goals in both those qualifiers. Uh, certainly the, aye, certainly the Israel one. I thought they were a wee bit harsh against Austria, but but mm. let's not get into that. Okay. Um, right. Look, looking across the city, we uh-huh. don't like spend too much time looking across the city, but there's a huge decision to be made in terms mm-hmm. of who replaces Neil Lennon in the manager's seat at Celtic, and there's some huge names being flung flung at that position. Mm-hmm. Roy Keane. Um, Eddie Howe, uh, listen, let's just focus in on Roy Keane. Roy Keane v Steven Gerrard. What, what, a, what, what I thought that, that would be for next season. Who, who do you think is a potential Celtic manager that Rangers fans might feel a wee bit uneasy about the most? I, to be honest, I think they would be confident if it was Roy Keane. Um, yeah. I think Rangers fans would probably be confident in Stephen Gerrard continuing to rule if it was Roy Keane. I don't think they would fear him. I think in ter- for, for, for us in the media and and just, uh, you know, people looking at our game, I mean, the, the, we always hear this phrase, box office, you know, surrounding Stephen Gerrard. Well, certainly Roy Keane is box office as well. So if you put the two of them head to head, you, know, it's, you think back to that, you know, it was only five years ago, maybe now, that Rangers played Celtic in the Scottish Cup semi-final when Rangers won in penalties and you had, like, Ronnie Dyla and Mark Warburton in, op- in opposite dugouts. You know, no disrespect to either of them. But look at it now, if you if, you know, if you were thinking Gerard Keane, I mean, what a change, what a turnaround um, yeah. in terms of stories and names. I mean, it would be absolutely, it would be fascinating. It would be fascinating. You can, you can just picture Stephen Gerrard licking his lips at the prospect of that, actually Aww. wanting it to happen. Can no, you bring it on? Here's no, the next challenge. Bring no, it on. He had to, you know, I mean, he had to play second fiddle to him, really, didn't he? Because, I mean, let's be honest, it was Manchester United with a dominant team. Especially Roy Keane played a big, was a big part, probably, in Gerrard not getting that Premier League title that he craved mm-hmm. so much. Um, That's a good point, actually. Aye, so oh. another... Another thing that would maybe egg Gerard on to, oh. to prove a point. 
you say, yeah, I'll, I'll get, now, now we're managers, I'll get one back on you, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Mm. What well, I, I agree with Gav. I think Rangers fans and Gerard would be confident. Uh, and that is a great point. I think that would be a motivating factor for Gerard to go and go and try and get the better of Roy Keane in the, in the dugout after, as Gav says, no, probably having to play second fiddle for a lot of his Liverpool career to Man U, not a Man U team that, that Keane at the, at the heart of it. Um, I just think Gerard, Gerard v Keane... I just think Keane would be so far behind the kind of eight ball in terms of you know, what he'd need to try and do at Celtic to go and to go and catch Rangers and, and Gerard. I think Rangers have, have stolen a march. Um, you look at that Rangers squad now, it's very settled. Everything behind the scenes seems to be um, as it should be. You know, they're title winners. They've been you know, terrific in Europe. You think of the job that Keane's going to uh, have to do when he... Uh, if, and when he, he would go in there. And, no, I think Gav will correct me here. I mean, has, has it been a decade since Roy Keane's been a manager? Yeah, in, yeah in the just over so, 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, even that in itself, having to come back... Now, I know he's been assistant, obviously, at Martin O'Neill with, with Ireland and, and Forest and stuff. So, I mean, he's still been in the game. But to go into that, that managerial role, um, obviously, it's such a big club. Now, listen, I love Roy Keane because he is... Box office, I love him as a pundit, love them as a player. So, I mean, as Gav says, for us, it would be an absolute dream, uh, uh, Keane v, v Gerard. But certainly, just going for social media and speaking to Celtic fans out there, they don't seem to be too enamoured by the, the prospect of Keane coming in. No, despite his kind of. No, his connection to the club, no, that, that kind of Irish links he's played there. No, everybody knows about his character, that no determination, resilience, all the different adjectives you associate with, with Keane. I mean, automatically you would think people would be up for it, but the Celtic fans don't seem to be, be too enamoured. They, they sound as if, no, again, just going through Twitter and stuff, they sound as if they would rather have an Eddie Howe or maybe a, a foreign coach come in or some like Frank Lampard maybe, so, no somebody like that so it's going to be it's going to be interesting we were desperate I think I think it's clear that there's no real agreement amongst Celtic fans who they want in there yeah. and it's just another sign of the great strides Rangers have taken over the last year to, to, to stretch so far in front Incre- yeah. incredible really I, d- I don't yeah. think Gerard would fear anyone now I mean even if it was an Eddie Howe who's obviously now a very experienced Premier League Manager, I don't think that would phase Gerard and his his coaching team uh, now. And even on Eddie Howe, I've said this before. I think he's he's obviously a terrific coach and proved himself to be a really good manager at Bournemouth. But I just think coming from Bournemouth into Celtic in terms of the pressure and the demands and the intensity, you no know, Bournemouth to Glasgow is just it'll be night and day. And I don't know if Eddie Howe. I don't obviously don't know him personally. I just don't know. How he would he would react to that? No, at Bournemouth you can go, no, you can go ten games without winning, and people still think you're a great great manager. I mean, you go one game without winning in Glasgow, and you're under you're under serious serious pressure. So, I mean, a lot of Celtic fans I've seen kind of you no know, clamouring to go and get how and understand why he's available. You no, know, he's he's a young progressive coach who's managed the Premier League, so I get it. But I, I would have slight reservations about about his appointment as well yeah I think um, I think I mean, we lost Gavin Ah, he's away oh dearie me the battery's gone on his phone 
Then we're going to have to see this one out ourselves. <laughs> Bring back Gav. He's not sounded, that bad. Sounded as if he was just about to make his best point all day as well. <laughs> I wonder if he's still talking. Oh, dear. Is, uh, no, just to finish on that point, when you compare the two jobs that are required this summer, it's like a polish compared to a complete refit, isn't it? Yeah. One side of the city to the other. So interesting times lie ahead. I was just going to finish Scott and Gav, if you can still hear us, um, with a wee conversation on perhaps who's been the most improved player this season. Who, who's been your player of the year, I suppose, first and foremost? I don't think we've touched on that, but who's been the most imp- uh, improved player under Gerard this season? Scott, what was your thoughts on that? The second one's a tough one. I mean, you text me this morning, I was try, trying to think, and I, I couldn't really come up with a, a definitive. I mean, my, my player of the year... We're, the, the football writers are going to need to vote in the next uh, the next few weeks on the the, the awards, you know, the player of the year, manager and young player and stuff. I think I'm going to go for uh, Connor Goldson as my player of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's loads of different candidates at Rangers. You no know, McGregor speaks for himself. Tavernier for the you no know, for the goals, the assists, also the mentality with Tavernier to come back from from setbacks and going. No, going captain them to a, to a title. Uh, he's popped up with big goals as well. Um, Stephen Davis, another one. Even Morelos, no, when it came to the business end of the season, really produced after a kind of a dodgy start. But for sheer consistency and for being the kind of rock that this Rangers team is, uh, uh, no, the foundation that this Rangers team is built on, then I think Goldson should get it. I think he's a. I just think he's a consummate professional, uh, even in the way he kind of deals with us whenever we get the chance to chance to interview him. Um, I think his game has actually improved. I think he did an interview at the weekend where he, uh, where he said, no, he came up to Scottish football thinking it was going to be easy, but no, he was taken aback and he's actually had to take his game onto another level. Um, I think in the Rangers' defence that's been so strong, he is the leader, he's the... He's the real vocal, uh, vocal one at the back. I think Stephen Gerrard spoke about that, about that loads. That's why he never gets dropped. So I just think overall it's tough. But Goldson is going to get my player of the year vote. Uh, in terms of I'll jump in there, I'll jump yeah. in there, mate, and give you a wee bit extra time to think about the next question. Um, right. I'm, I'm jumping in because I can't not agree with you uh, with what yeah. Connor Goldson has put his body through this season. Yeah. The, the number of games that guy's plays back to back is incredible. And I think that might sometimes get overlooked. But I mean, these yeah. are all high pressure games. So in terms of mental strength and physical strength, I don't think anyone competes. And I mean, there's no. the fairy tale story where you're Alan McGregor. You're right, Stephen Davis is the the kind of the fine wine in the centre of the park. Been impressed yeah. with Ryan, what Ryan Kent's brought at times this season, and James yeah. Tavernier speaks for himself. But I think, like you, the, the rock amongst rocks, Connor Goldson is just he's captain material for me. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't take the armband off Tavernier, but he's not there at the moment. Connor Goldson just is the embodiment of a leader and a captain. Yeah. And for that reason, I think he'd be my player of the year as well. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so on not- to the next one. The more Most of, one. I think, I mean, listen, you mentioned Ryan Kent there. I mean, I think he's, he's worth a mention because, you no, know, in this podcast, you no, know, a year ago, um, you no, know, probably me and Big Johnny were, were getting over Ryan Kent's numbers every week saying it's not good enough and he's got to produce more goals and assists and, and more big moments. And I think he's done that this season. 
I think he has taken his game up a notch yep. um, in terms of in terms of numbers. So I mean, he deserves a mention. But if I had to start my neck, I'd probably say Kamara Fraser right. because no, I think Kamara, as much as he was a really good player last season, um, no, he wasn't a he wasn't a certain starter. No, in, in, in every game, there wasn't a certain start in the big games. Um, I think he's shown. I think he's taken his game up a level this, this season. I think some of the games in Europe, especially, he's been absolutely outstanding. I think he's added wee bits. I think I still think he can offer more going forward again in terms of assists and goals. I think he's only got one goal this season, but I think you look at Kamara now. I said on here a, a few months ago that. No, I, I was saying at one point he might be the guy that they look to move on in the summer if he's a good, a good European Championships and clubs are, are sniffing about. But in the last few months, you've looked at that Rangers midfield, and no, you wouldn't want to lose Kamara out, out of there. I mean, he's absolutely vital now to how they play. Um, I think he offers them something different. You know, he's got that wee change of pace, that body movement to get him away get my way for opponents which I think in European games in particular is so uh, so crucial um, so yeah I'd probably say a few contenders but I, I'm going to say Kamara most most improved player now a, a first you know, a first pick in the big games and certainly someone that they, they wouldn't like to lose this summer Interesting uh, also last week he hinted that well he outright said that he's opened extension of his contract as well so yeah. again all good news on that front yeah, definitely. I, mean, I think I'll... Yeah, on you go. I was just going to say, listen, they'll be, they'll be desperate to keep him. We, we all accept, or I think every... I think the Rangers fans out there accept that you know, Rangers are going to need to trade this summer. I think Dave King said it, Ross Wilson said it, whoever. Um, they'll need to player trade this summer because they need to get some money in after taking the, the financial hit through through COVID. So whether that's Morelos or Barisic or Helander or, or, or even Kamara, no, I think what at least one of these guys probably will be mo- moved on. And a lot might depend on what happens in the summer at the Euros. No, you've got Helander and Kamara and Barisic uh, all playing for their country. So it's going to be a really interesting summer. I expect no one or two to, to move on and a couple to come in but certainly if you ask Stephen Gerrard just now well he's been asked before about his thoughts on keeping Glenn Kamara he's absolutely unequivocal he doesn't, he doesn't want him going anywhere Who is the most valuable do you think amongst that group that you've just mentioned in terms of age what they bring how they've come on uh, how they might be viewed by, by European big guns um, who, who could think- bring in the Oh, I think money. I think because because he's age and because of the type of players, I think Morelos is still the most still yeah. valuable. And you no, know, when you look at the performances he produced um, on the Europa League and the kind of latter stages, and also you know the, the the even the Scottish Premiership, the kind of big goals he scored for Rangers, as I say, the, the kind of business end of the the season. And I, no, because he's age. And as I say, because he has that type, he's the centre forward. He's the one that grabs the headlines. I think he, I think he would probably still command the biggest fee. But you never know. I mean, the Euros. You no, know, if I, if Sweden were to get to the you know, semi-finals and Hollander and Lindelof are you know, outstanding at the back, undoubtedly clubs will be will be looking at him across Europe. Same with Finland. If Finland were to have a really good tournament, go to the latter stages, people would be looking at Kamara and his. Performances, um, Barisic maybe a bit different now with Barisic Croatia are having a tough time. 
Barisic is a bit older. Um, I just wonder, I think, if you're going to make big money in Barisic, it would probably need to be now. Um, and if you're not, then you'd be as well getting them signed up for another couple of seasons as your, as your cast iron left back, because we, we all know what he can do. So, no, re- really interesting to see how, no, what the kind of movement is going to be like, uh, where players' values are at, how they do in that kind of um, international stage. Um, yeah. But certainly, listen, if I had to say, I, I still think Morelos would be the one that, that clubs will be that clubs will be in for, and probably the one that Rangers will get the most money for. Yeah. Scott, brilliant as always, mate. The time's up on this. Uh, don't know if Gav's still talking away in the background. No, 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 no. I managed oh, to. Oh, you're back. Connection, but sorry. What? What? When I when I get cut off, I was going to when we're talking about Celtic. <laughs> you can't just come back. Sorry. After no, you need to finish your point. You need to finish your point. Sorry, sorry. The point I wanted to make when we were talking about Celtic's managerial search earlier. Um, it, it was Jamie Carragher in his recent column, a quote that he, he came away with um, in his lengthy column stood out. I mean, uh, jumped out. He said, when Rangers were searching for the right man in 2018, they needed a personality with the clout, self-confidence and skill to take on a formidable opponent in Brendan Rodgers' Celtic. The biggest tribute you can pay him is it is now Celtic who need to find someone of the required ilk to take on Gerard. Best of luck with that. And I just thought that kind of summed it up nicely um, in terms of how the tables have turned. Perfect way way to end the podcast, Fraser. Oh, I know. Did did you hang up on us just to go and find that quote? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, thanks. Uh, It was worthwhile. It was worthwhile, so thanks for that. Gav, I'm delighted to see you've rejoined us just in time to say goodbye. Guys... (laughs) That was brilliant. I can only thank you so much for your time, as always, and your no expertise. Uh, for the listeners out there, thanks for joining us. Don't forget, you can catch up on all the build-up and reaction to the Scottish Cup tie against Cove Rangers this weekend at dailyrecord.co.uk. But before then, thanks for joining us and have a good week.